we welcome in again from the uh, Believe Podcast, Coach Scott Spinelli. Coach, good morning, and again, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your wisdom when it comes to college basketball. Oh, Gary, thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun, and I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Let's let's dive right into this thing. Uh, when you, it, it, we were talking about it, uh, I guess maybe yesterday, but we we had a wild and wacky tournament. But when you get right down to it, we get, we got some blue bloods that have made their way to the final four. We sure have. How about this? I mean, you know, between all four programs, and you have to kind of look at Villanova now as a blue blood, right? I mean, they've been, um, you know, they've won. Um, and, well, in this one, we've had seventeen. NCAA tournament championships between these four programs. And uh, that's never happened before. And um, so the pedigree obviously is, is, you know, unbelievable. And Villanova um, has been to three of the last six final four. So again, you got to look at them as a blue blood now. Coach, the most entertaining game, is it Villanova at KU or UNC Duke in your opinion? Uh, I think both games have so many subplots to them. Um, obviously the Carolina Duke game, just because of the rivalry and what's at stake. And, and there's also the revenge factor from that last home game uh, at Cameron that Duke lost. Um, but that other game there now, I think you're going to see, you know, a collision of, of what both teams do well. And, you know, one of them is going to work and the other one's not. And that is the three point line. Um, and it's going to be an interesting, um, you know, subplot to each one of these games. Coach, an unfortunate end there at the Villanova game with uh, Justin Moore blowing his ACL, I mean, uh, blowing his Achilles. As a coach in that situation, how would you handle that, and what would your message be to the team leading into this big game without one of your star players? Well, first and foremost, you have to know, and you you guys know this too, you're dealing with young people, young kids, and so uh, they're going to be emotional. And so you have to kind of talk them through it and then you've got to come, you know, to the realization and, and look, you know, for the most part, um, you know, you talk about, you know, this is God's plan. It's nothing that, you know, we could have controlled. And, you know, you try to put it in perspective. And with that, you get the guys to rally around Justin and what happened to him. Because, you know, we sometimes as players, you take for granted um, that you're out there playing and you don't realize how quickly it can be taken from you. So I think they're going to rally around this. Um, I think there's some guys that are going to have to give more. Obviously, Slater um, is going to have to do us more, especially on the offensive end. Um, and the kid, Brian Antoine. Look, Brian Antoine was a former McDonald's All-American. Uh, hasn't played that much because he's had some shoulder injuries throughout his career. But he's very, very talented. This might be his window of opportunity, but you're telling your players, look, you know, we all together have to do a little bit more. We have enough in this locker room. We've got our culture. We've got our identity on both ends of the floor. And maybe a little bit more of an extra motivation. Let's just do this for Justin, too. He's coached at Texas A&M. He's coached at Boston College. And now he's hosting a podcast uh, on the Believe Podcast Network. We're talking with Coach Scott Spinelli. Coach, uh, talk a little bit about uh, this Duke basketball team and, and how they've had to navigate uh, some uncharted waters. I mean, this 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 team is. I mean, there's been so many eyes on them from the media in in, in the world because of the the Coach K situation. And you know, for the most part, this this basketball team is and this young basketball team has navigated this thing pretty well. They really have. And you know, as a coach, guys, I mean, one of the things that you kind of could see 
happening um, when you're dealing, again, with players, like you mentioned, young like this. When they go into a game like that last home game where there was so much of a uh, expectation of them, um, you know, in front of the entire college basketball world, all the legends there, um, and, you know, their expectation was, hey, we got to send Coach K off here with a win. Look at all these people that are counting on us. And I think the moment in the stage was a little bit too big for those kids. And so they felt like I, I, you know, we thought this coming into the tournament that they let everybody down. Um, and to Coach K, Coach Shire, and their staff's credit, we thought that they would come back home to Cameron. They would get refocused, watch the video, see where they broke down in terms, especially on the defensive end of the floor. You know, their point of ball screen defense was horrendous in the ACC tournament, as well as against Carolina, as well as all their one pass pass away positioning, two pass away help to help. I mean, it was just not there. And so for them to kind of refocus and get back into this tournament, you know, again, we've talked about it. You cannot put an analytical metric on the value of a player's or a team's will to win. And right now, Duke is driven like no other team in this tournament. Coach, for Duke and North Carolina, both shoot pretty good field goal percentage. But does this game, do you think, come down to who limits the second-chance points on the offensive end? Well, I'll tell you what. If you look back at the last game at Cameron, North Carolina had a strategy, which they it actually worked. They came out, and any time Paulo Banchero came off a ball screen, um, they were doubling him, and they were making him give it up. And it really kind of disrupted Duke's rhythm in that game. Um, um, you know, I think obviously they're going to, you know, adjust to that. Their tactical adjustment will that will be something of slipping those ball screens or really spacing the floor. Um, you know, where Paulo now, who's an excellent passer by the way, can pass out of that and they can attack downhill. With that said, the game within the game is very simple. Duke's top thirty and three point field goal percentage in the country. And for North Carolina to win this game, they're going to have to make threes to me. Uh, obviously, we talked about Carolina being a great rebounding team. They've got personnel that's been sensational. I mean, Mannix having a great tournament, averaging almost 21 and a half a game. Baycott obviously loves had moments, Davis. But when it's all said and done, you're looking at a Duke team right now that is poised. They're ready to go. Uh, their talent level, every guy now is playing. Um, to their talent level. And it's not just Banchero and Williams doing what they do. You're starting to get the best of all those other guys. And again, I think in this game here, I think Duke has way too much here. Um, and I think they move on and beat Carolina. Coach, we're in another Final Four. And coming into the season, obviously, Gonzaga was the uh, on everybody's radar, right? This is a team who was supposed to be at this point. Uh, you lose the national championship game last year. What is it going to take for Gonzaga to finally get over the hump and bring a championship to Spokane? Well, you really feel for uh, Coach Few, his staff, and obviously the players and the program. Look, you know, so much of this, uh, you know, the success now for a place like Gonzaga is to win a national title. And that's a, you know, pretty good barometer to get your program to that point, right? Uh, when you're from, you know, a smaller, you know, I say a smaller conference, a conference that's not considered one of the power five leagues. And, you know, look, I, I think for them, you know, I, I, I'm sure it hurt, it stung. Kids went back disappointed. But, look, they're back in the gym now. And what you're telling your guys is, look, we just got to take one day at a time to continue to get better and better and better. 
And we've talked about great players being made in the offseason, great teams are made in season. You know, right now it's a time for those kids to get better individually and to work and, and, and really have a little bit more fire uh, in those workouts, in those individual group workouts and in the weight room um, and really gear up for next year. But look, you know, I don't think there's anything more that you could do uh, in terms of what Gonzaga has built their program into. And, and we've, again, these tournament games are about matchups. They hit a really tough matchup there having to play a team that for the most part can get you in the half court and they're really good in their half court defense. And they sent multiple guys back in transition, took Gonzaga right out of what they do. But um, again, I think Gonzaga will be fine. You you kind of stole my thunder. I was going to get you to talk about matchups. Obviously, all four of these teams are outstanding basketball teams. So when it comes to the matchups, what's the breakdown? And, and how do the matchups determine the outcome of this game? Or, or these games, plural? Well, first and foremost, Duke and Carolina should be a fun game to watch because both those two teams are going to increase possessions and play fast. There isn't going to be any holding the basketball and trying to, you know, get late into the clock. And again, this is where how both teams have been built uh, in terms of recruiting and their identity offensively. Defensively, they're going to play mostly all man uh, and they're going to get after one another. So I think that's going to set up for a real entertaining game. Um, again, so much at stake, but at the same time, I think the pressure's off Duke. And I, and I can tell you that, you know, for Duke to win, again, we talked about they're going to have to defend the three-point line. Um, you know, I think Carolina's going to have to shoot the ball exceptionally well from the three. Uh, all those guys are going to have to be on. Manic, Love, um, you know, all, all of them, uh, uh, and, and Davis. So if those guys are making threes, I think they can keep them in the game. But again, you know, Duke starts five McDonald's All-American guys, and they bring one off the bench. And, you know, right now they're playing to their talent level. There's a confidence. There's a determination. There's a will. Um, you know, I, I think Duke in this game, just based on what they've been doing thus far in the tournament, um, they're scoring the ball at a high level. And the last thing I will tell you about Duke and why I believe them to be a team that, you know, is going to cut down the nets right now is because in these last two games, Texas Tech, uh, in particular, Michigan State, they defended the last five minutes of the game when they were down. And, you know, at that point right there, that's the refocus and the tactical adjustment that they made uh, after losing in the last home game in the ACC tournament. And their defense right now, uh, situations is so much better. Coach, do you feel like that for Kansas, playing out of the Big 12 gives them a little bit of advantage because they've been weathered all season long? It can work both ways. I think sometimes you look at it and, 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 you know, having been in those leagues for so many years, you know, sometimes you get into the tournament and, you, you know, you're mentally a little bit worn down. Um, but, uh, look, Kansas is as well coached as any team, uh, you know, in the Final Four. Uh, they have a great uh, system that they play to, an identity. They're going to look to run their lanes and really get up and down the floor. They run exceptionally well in all five spots. Um, but one thing in this game that you got to look at again, um, you know, is that three-point line. I mean, Kansas is excellent at defending it, um, but you know, you know, Villanova is um, you know the best team that right now is in the tournament in terms of their top 30 um, in the country in terms of their three-point field goal makes. So you have a contrasting or collision there. Something's got to give. The one thing I will tell you is this: back in 2018, when they played. 
uh, Villanova broke the record in terms of how many three-pointers were made in a Final Four, and they buried Kansas. And I, I got to tell you, you know, um, they're the only team, Villanova, in this tournament that is not top 30 in the country in terms of points per game, but they're also the only team in the country, uh, excuse me, in the Final Four that's in the tops three-point field goal mix in the Final Four. So that three-point line is the great equalizer, the way they play, the unconventional style. Um, they get you late into the shot clock, and all of a sudden they're scoring with two seconds on the clock. It def- deflates the defense. Um, you know, it's not easy to guard those guys moving in the perimeter like that. Um, so, again, if they're making their three-point shot, we know they're going to make their free throws if it's a close game. Um, I really think Villanova, even without Justin Moore, um, has a really good chance of winning this game. Coach, we were talking earlier about all the, the change and turnover here with the, the Coach Drew and his staff and, and how it has to be the right fit if you're going to accept a job. What does the right fit look like for you if, if you're looking to get back into it? And how would you go about building your team when you look at the transfer portal versus recruiting? Well, great question. I mean, I, I think for me personally, this has been such a great uh, learning experience this year, taking a step back and getting um, getting out of the coaching side of it and really attending to some things that were important to my life. You know, my, my children were at a point where, you know, a senior in high school, a prep school young man, my daughter just got into nursing at BC. And then to really kind of watch how other teams have done it, you know, tons of video synergy, watching programs like Coach Drew, uh, Drew's at Baylor there. I think the most important thing in building a program is to try to build it within balancing your recruiting classes where on those 13 scholarships, you have some balance uh, in those classes. And look, you look at a team like Villanova, you look at a team like Kansas, um, you know, those two programs in particular have grown their programs within where those kids have established roles. They've come up through the classes um, there's a camaraderie, a chemistry amongst those guys because they've been together so long. Um, you know, even their classmates on campus. What's made college basketball fun to me is having that excitement on campus where the, you know, their classmates can all relate to these guys. They've been in classes with them. They've been around campus. And so for me, building a program in the future, if I get my opportunity, you know, I would like to try to build it within and use the transfer portal solely as a sprinkling thing that you know you're going to need at times when you lose guys early to the draft uh, or if somebody decides to transfer that's what I would do Um, but again I learned quite a bit this year it's been a really valuable experience for me hey uh, Scott we man we we obviously appreciate your time Uh, tell us a little bit uh, about the podcast and uh, where we can find it well, again, we, the Believe has been such a great network. I mean, they give you so much information on all these different podcasts, and it really is something that just came, was new to me. Uh, we did a lot of stuff early, you know, within the ACC, but then we kind of went into this, a lot of different media appearances and broke down and tried to give back to a lot of the audiences uh, using that Believe as the platform in terms of media hits and, you know, uh, throughout the year, especially obviously into the tournament year, throughout the country, we've done numerous ones. Um, and hopefully, again, it's just a different way of looking at the game. You know, again, you know, recently coming off the sidelines as a head coach in the ACC and assistant for a long time, you know, you're just you're still fresh to what's happening out there. And, uh, you know, we just hope that through this Believe Network that we were able to give back a little bit uh, to the college basketball audience and the people that listen this year. As always, it is a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time today, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Okay, best of luck, all right? Thank you. Have a good day. That is uh, Scott Spinelli from the Believe Podcast.